Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Victoriously Anointed Podcast with me, Lynn Stacey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Victoriously Anointed Podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Stacy. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I hope and pray that it is a blessing to you and for you, and I hope and pray that you receive whatever it is that you need from the Lord on today. Hope you receive whatever it is that you need from God. And so today we're going to talk about the attributes of a surrendered life. Yeah, I'm moving around. Uh, boy, trying to get these podcasts up and running. Uh, starting with where, you, where you're at. And sometimes it's just kind of like, you know, I'm going to work with what I got. Sometimes you got to learn how to work with the tools that are in your hand in order to get to the place that you need to be and want to be in God. Um, and according and building dreams and different things like that. And I'm just kind of putting that out there um, because that's part of having the attributes of a surrendered life that, Lord God, I may not be where exactly where I want to be with this. I may not um, have all the tools that I feel like I need right now, but I'm going to still show you that I um, appreciate you for choosing me for whatever it is that you chose me for. I'm going to do the best. Um, I'm going to present. I'm going to do it the best way that I can as a show and act of faith that you're going to handle the rest of the way that I can. And so today we're going to talk use the book of Daniel. We're going to use um, Daniel to show the attributes of a surrender life, because I would say that Daniel um, is one of uh, one of the people of the Bible that really um, showed forth in um, us being able to see um, the attributes of one. And so before we get into that, we're going to get into our um, affirmation for the week. And while we're doing that, I'm going to get a little bit more comfortable sitting here. <laughs> um, uh, it, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in the background, y'all. That uh, I'm just kind of like, ah. <laughs> so uh, here is today's affirmation. So today's affirmation says, and this affirmation is going to be for the rest of the month, I, I suppose, unless I get something else different. I try to put something up when I when I get it. It says, I choose not to dwell on negative thoughts. Rather, I choose to think on lovely things, good things, pure things, just things, things of virtue and praiseworthy things. I choose to let this mind be in me that was also that's also in Christ Jesus. And so um, that that came from uh, just the, the word of God that told us to um, think on these things, the whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are a good report. And so this is kind of combating um, all those negative thoughts that try to sit on you um, and just kind of like I'm going to still choose to think positive. I'm going to choose to think and not dwell on negative thoughts. I'm going to choose to think as if my mind, know my mind has been transformed um, through the um, blood of Jesus Christ. Um, and so that is today's affirmation. And um, that is something that you can kind of carry with you. 
uh, carry with you as you go through the journey. And so today we're going to talk about um, Daniel. Daniel, it's one of my favorite Bible stories. I have a lot of favorite Bible stories. I love the story of David. I love the story of Daniel. It's kind of like the more um, the more you begin to learn about just different things that people went through being in God um, and then just kind of seeing their story. It's hard not to fall in love with um, just um, their, the stories and um, how God was able to transform their lives and how uh, he too can transform your life as well if you just um, hold on to his unchanging hand, holding on to his unchanging hand. So the first thing that we're going to um, look at um, as far as just attributes of a surrender life using the book of Daniel um, is something in Daniel chapter one, verse eight, and I'm going to read it for um, to you. Um, but before we get into that, I'm going to actually, because I have a lot of things that I'm reading from on today, my phone, then I had my, my planner and now I, I got, got my, my tablet and things, um, with my notes written down on it. And so before we do that, I looked up on um, the definition of surrender on the King James um, Bible dictionary um, online. And so um, we're going to look up that and it says to guilt, uh, to yield, to give oneself into the power of another. And we know that there's a scripture that says to whomever you lend your members over, you, you, you yield your members over to, to him as your master, whatever you yield yourself over to, whatever you lend your, your members over to at that time, that's your master. And so um, we want to be yielded over to God um, because we recognize him as our master. Uh, so it says to give up oneself into the power of another, the act of yielding or resigning one's person or the possession of something into the power of another, uh, a yielding or giving up. And then I looked up surrendered, um, yielded or delivered to the power of another. Um, and so that means that I give up my rights in order to serve you, God. I give up, uh, I give up um, what I, I give up myself in order to be a, a vessel for you, Lord. And so uh, I'm going to kind of show you the attributes of a surrendered life using the book of Daniel. Because I believe that Daniel really showed forth in just uh, surrendering to God. Um, and so just kind of making some adjustments and some changes, you guys, here, if you're watching on YouTube. Um, and the first thing that we're going to, uh, my that's why you saw my hand. <laughs> so the first thing that we're going to talk about um, living the attributes of a surrendered life is honoring God. Uh, part of a surrendered life is honoring God. Um, when you begin to surrender your life over to God and honoring him, you're saying, Lord God, I trust you with my life and in trusting you with my life, I'm going to yield my members over to you for your use and purpose. I'm surrendering to your power and I'm surrendering to your authority in my life. And that's something that we can find in throughout the book of Daniel, him honoring God. Um, and the example that I'm going to use with that is when a moment in Daniel's life where um, he didn't have to show forth in honoring God, but he chose to honor God um, in a moment in his life where he could have chosen to be afraid. He could have lacked courage, um, but he chose instead to honor God. And this is in the book of Daniel chapter one, verse um, you, verse eight is what I'm going to focus on. But it's when they were um, getting ready to eat the meat, the meat that had been sacrificed to other um, idol, idol gods. And so we know that if you read the, the Old Testament, because Daniel is found in the Old Testament, that uh, idolatry was a major sin. Um, it was a major, it was a big no, 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 no. No, no. And so uh, this is the king's delicacies. And so uh, we find here where it says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. 
He wouldn't defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. He didn't want to defile himself with the meat. He didn't want to defile himself. You know, um, they made sacrifices, uh, sacrifices. If you read um, just the, the attributes of Israel and the, the people of God, they um, sacrificed animals to, to the God of Israel. And so um, he didn't want to defile himself by um, eating meat portions that could have been a potentially being sacrificed to other gods um, because in this, at this time if you know anything about the story of Daniel they had been taken into captivity um, his people had been taken into captivity and I believe it was Judah um, that they were the tribe of Judah I believe um, they had been taken into captivity into in Babylon. Um, and this is where you find um, King Nebuchadnezzar. And so, um, and Daniel and um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, these are, they were found and they were in the um, king's courts. And so, uh, Daniel didn't want to defile himself. And in doing so, he had already found favor with the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs was over um, the ones that the King Nebuchadnezzar had um, captured and some other ones too as well uh, to pretty much uh, dress them as if they belong in the king's palace. Um, so that means their their statue, their stature and and how they looked. And so that's why um, you will find where uh, the chief of the units was afraid to allow Daniel to just eat fruits and vegetables. He didn't want uh, he didn't want Daniel to do that because he didn't want, uh, you know, his uh he didn't want him looking like, you know, just some uh, common man, I would say. Um, but he they, they had to have a certain look and appearance to them. Um, but because of Daniel's courage, um, him being courageous enough to do this, um, the eunuch saw that. Um, the chief of the eunuchs saw that, you know what, he looked more healthier um, than some of the ones that was eating them, the, than the ones that were eating the meat. And so he began to change to their diets as well, too, based on Daniel's courage. And he did it honoring God um, as a form of honoring God. But in honoring God, um, it gave the uh, it gave them the pretty much what they needed in order to make sure that um, these men were presentable before the king. Um, and so in doing that, it was a blessing um, to to the others as well. It was a blessing to the others as well. So when we begin to honor God in our lives, when we begin to do that, it blesses those around us as well too. And it also gives them the courage um, to stand up. And so I, I imagine um, just him doing that and how um, it was something that was um, shown before um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who was also um, of his tribe, um, that it's okay to honor God. Because we will find later on that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, they faced their own trial later on um, in the book of Daniel with the uh, fiery furnace. Um, and so just um, him having the courage to honor God, I'm pretty sure he taught them some um, different things too as well in honoring and pleasing God. And so it's, it's part of um, living a surrendered life and being courageous enough to live that surrendered life. And so uh, uh, not only that, that's the first thing, honoring God. Um, and then we find um, in Daniel chapter one, um, we're going to go to Daniel chapter um, one verses. Uh, I put verses two through three. Um, I don't know why I put that. Ah, I put the wrong chapter in one of them, but it's OK. It's OK. Honoring God. Uh, we're going to keep on reading, though. Um, submitting to God. 
submitting to God is the next uh, one that I was going to go to. Uh, when you live a surrendered life, you live in submission to God. That means in obedience. You honor, you live in obedience to what God tells you to do. Um, and so you submit to his will. The Lord tells us, um, resist the devil, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And so there is there is a um, protection and a safety that comes in submitting to God. And it's also part of living a surrendered life. And so what we find here is that um, aside from the the, the fasting for uh, the, the, the denial that he gave, which was of the meat and just ate fruits and vegetable, uh, we find that him submitting to God. So um, we find that, you guys, I'm sorry, I'm trying to find, as I'm talking to you, I'm trying to find the actual verse. I, I looked this stuff up, but I realized that I wrote down Daniel 1, 2 through 3, and I'm realizing that that is not where I found this verse at. But I will tell you a little bit about it, and then you can go and look up in the uh, book of Daniel for yourself. Um, Daniel had been seeking God for something um, concerning uh, the meaning of uh, a vision that he had. Um, he had been seeking God concerning this, and he had he was in mourning. He was in mourning for about three weeks and he no food came to his mouth. He fasted for three weeks seeking God. And when the uh, messenger arrived, when the messenger arrived, the angel of the Lord arrived, he said, when you first set your heart to pray, God had answered it. God had heard it, but he was held up. Um, he was held up from uh, the king of Persia. Um, so he was somewhere. He was trying to get a message to, to, to Daniel because um, God had received his prayer uh, when he first set his heart to pray, uh, to, to, to seek. God. Uh, but the thing about it is sometimes, you know, when you're when you're seeking God and you're living a surrender life, sometimes it's not that God hadn't answered. Sometimes there are some spiritual things that are going on that we don't understand that tries to hinder and block our blessings be that that flow through um, to get to us. Um, so uh, we sometimes we we got to persevere and we got to press and we got to keep on trusting and having faith that God, I believe and I know that you have sent a blessing my way and I'm going to keep honoring you and I'm going to keep submitting to your will until this blessing comes forth in my life. Um, and so um, then you'll live a life of submission to God. And you can find that too in the book of Daniel. Um, I'm sorry, I don't have the um, necessary um, scripture for you, but it's in there. Um, if you want to go and you want to read it. Um, so the first attribute um, is honoring God. Um, and this is a form of honoring too, but I'm just trying to break it down into just different qualities and where you see these qualities at. The next one is in submitting to God. I'm submitting to um, exactly what his will is and what he needs for you to do. Because Daniel, uh, he had a good understanding. He was wisdom. He, he, had, he had wisdom. He he uh, was favored by God. He was able to interpret dreams and different things like that. And uh, so because of his, I would say his, uh, his gifts and his callings, that caused him to have to submit to God even all the more so. And uh, we can find that too, um, him having to submit to God all the more so because um, there came a time in, King Nebuchadnezzar's um, reign where he had a dream. Um, he had a dream and um, he needed someone to not only to be able to interpret the dream, but he also uh, needed someone to be able to tell him what the dream was. And so I believe that um, King, Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar was wise in the fact that he recognized and realized that um, some of the people that were around him weren't being true about who they were. <laughs> they weren't being true about who they were. And so he had to find a way to kind of pluck them out of there to try to figure it, figure it out um, exactly uh, who was really uh, knew what they were talking about and who didn't because there were people, um, people will parade around you and act like there's something that they're not. Um, there were people called the Chaldeans, people doing magic and different things all around him. And they were being mixed in there with God's people, <laughs> with God's people. But there comes a point in time in, in uh, there comes a 
point in time in life where God wants to make the separation between um, this is the work of this is not my work. This is the difference between me and all the other stuff. This is the difference between me being God and being able to do this. And this is what sets me apart from everybody because I got access to everything. <laughs> I have access to be able to tell you the truth. And so King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, they couldn't the the um the ones that he had around him at this time, we're going to go to Daniel chapter two um, verses, uh, Daniel chapter two. It says, then the Chaldeans spoke, and this is verse four, spoke to the king of Aramic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will give the interpretation. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, my decision is firm. If you do not make known the dream to me and its interpretation, you shall be cut in pieces and your houses shall be made an ash heap. However, if you tell the dream in its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts, rewards, and great honor. Therefore, tell me the dream in its interpretation. They answered again and said, let the king tell his servants the dream and we'll give its interpretation. The king answered and said, I know for certain that you would gain time because you see that my decision is firm. If you do not make known to me, the, if you do not make known the dream to me, there is only one decree for you. For you have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the time has changed. Uh, so he said he pretty much acknowledged it for you have uh, agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the time has changed. Therefore, tell me the dream and I shall know that you can um, give me its interpretation. So pretty much what pretty much what the king was saying was, is that I've been giving you what my dream is and you've been falsely. You've been giving me false information concerning my dreams. And I know that you've been giving me false information because what you says don't never check out. And so before I give you what my dream was, I want you to tell me what my dream was. And I want you to give me the interpretation of it because I need to know that what you're telling me is is, is not true because right now I, it's just corrupt. And and they told him, we don't we can't do that. We can't do that. We can't do that. And so King Nebuchadnezzar um, ordered their deaths and the deaths of all the wise men in Babylon. He wanted them all gone. And so the word got to Daniel um, and Daniel said, uh, uh, give me give me some time to seek the Lord concerning this. Give me some time to seek the Lord concerning this. And so by them, by Daniel not being there in that with them, it gave uh, it gave uh, Nebuchadnezzar to pretty much root up the false ones, root up the false ones that were surrounding him. And even now we can see in the last days, the Lord tells us um, that there were going to be false prophets and false this and false teachers that were going to arise. Um, and so um, it's not anything new when people are falsely operating in gifts. Um, it was, it was, is something that has long before since happened. And we find it here um, in the book of Daniel. And it's so important for us to live a pleasing life before God because he wants to be seen. He wants to be visible. He wants to be made known. And he wants to establish the separation between his people and those that are not his. And so Daniel tells them, before you don't, don't, don't kill anymore. Before you do that, let me, let me pray and seek God concerning this. He calls Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They begin to pray and to seek God. And Daniel goes before King Nebuchadnezzar. And he begins to interpret the dream. So part of living a surrender life includes seeking God, seeking God for the answers that you need in life, seeking God for the direction, seeking God for the guidance. Um, part of living a surrender life is seeking God in prayer, uh, in prayer, uh, prayer, sometimes, sometimes fasting, uh, being led by God to do it if you need to do it. Um, and so, um, the first part of it was honoring God. The second is submitting to God. The third is seeking after God, um, seeking after God. And so Daniel was able to interpret the dream for, uh, 
interpret the dream for Pharaoh and not only interpret, but also tell him what he dreamed about. Um, and you can read that in the book of Daniel chapter two. And the thing I love about this is that he, he uh, by him being uh, in service to God, he was able to, uh, he was able to honor God uh, and bless all the, to keep the wise men of the, of the land, keep on, to help them to keep on living, uh, to help them keep on living because uh, just being willing to, to do sometimes what nobody else would do uh will will bless others too as well and so um and he didn't seek god by himself he called for shatrach meshach and abednego it says then daniel went to his house and made the decision known to um haniah michelle and azara his companions that's shatrach meshach and abednego that's their hebrew names that they might seek mercies from god of heaven concerning this secret so that daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of babylon and so um, we find here um, that King Nebuchadnezzar is pleased with that decision. Um, and so seeking after God is, is a must for if you are part of the body of Christ, if you call yourself a child of the most high God, then um, seeking God is part of uh, part of our um each and every one of our lives. Uh, it doesn't. It didn't matter that it was um, Daniel who had the gift to interpret the dreams. It was also up for the other ones to pray as well too. Um, and you will see the necessary need for um, corporate prayer um, throughout the Word of God. Um, throughout the Word of God, we operate as one body, um, as one body. Um, and and then God will send uh, whoever He needs to send throughout uh, throughout different places and different assignments. Everybody isn't going to have the same assignment, but the thing about it is, everybody can pray to cover each each and everybody in their assignment. Um, and so um, it's so important for us to know that as well. Um, and so then we have um, uh, in the book of Daniel, uh, putting God first. Um, and this is where you find, this is the most infamous story is Daniel in the lion's den. Um, Daniel in the lion's den, you guys. And so it's so important for us to put God first, to put God first, um, honoring God, submitting to God, seeking after God and putting God first, putting God first. And so we find in the book of Daniel, chapter six, uh, where uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, not, this is a different king. I'm sorry. King Nebuchadnezzar has gone on. And this is uh, I believe it's the third king that um, Daniel is under. And it's King Darius, King Darius. Um, and uh, it's chapter Daniel, chapter six. And I'm looking uh, for I thought I found the other verse that I was talking about earlier, guys. I'm sorry. Forgive me for that lapse in time. Um, it says, now, when Daniel knew um, that the writing was signed, he went home. So pretty much uh, King Darius uh, wanted to promote Daniel and, um, you know, jealousy and jealousy and envy sometimes causes people to do stuff um, in order to get you uh, out the way so that they can be promoted. And it don't work. <laughs> it don't work. Love does, though. Love does. And if it does work, it only going to work for a, a limited amount of time because no weapon formed against us will be able to prosper. Um, no weapon formed against us will be able to prosper is what the Lord tells us. And so we find here where a weapon has been formed against um, Daniel, um, that anybody that is seeking um, is that anybody that makes prayer or seeking anything else other than the king during a certain time. It says um, it's similar together and found Daniel praying, making supplication before his God. Um, I'm going to read this, the scripture so I can give you exactly what it says. Um, and I'm going to start at um, Daniel chapter six, verses 10 through 13. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. 
days. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any God or man within 30 days, except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, this thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. So they answered and said before the king that Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king, or for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. And so pretty much these men, they 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 uh, had the king to sign a decree. Um, but King Darius, um, he, uh, Daniel found favor with King Darius. And so um, he didn't realize that they were making this decree as a means to get rid of Daniel. Um, he didn't realize that they were making this decree um, as a weapon for him. And so King Darius, since he had signed the decree, um, he was like he, he honored what he signed. But at, when King Darius, this is the thing about it. Even though he honored the decree that he had signed, he told Daniel, he said, so the king gave the command. I'm going to read in um, verse 16. So the king gave the command and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den. So pretty much King Darius was like, your God's going to deliver you. And so I'm going to allow this thing to occur because I believe that your God is going to deliver you. And then the next morning, King Darius came and he said, Daniel, was your God able to deliver you? <laughs> um, he, he yelled out into the lion's den. Uh, he, God shut the mouths of lions because he put him first. He put him first. They made a decree with the intentions of trying to destroy Daniel and to take him away from honoring, doing what was pleasing to God. And that was seeking him. Um, that was praying to him. Um, and in doing this, he put God over the law. <laughs> um, he put God over the law that was birthed from a place of evil. And so uh, he uh, putting God first. Um, when you put God first in your life and you live a lifestyle that's honoring to him, he will shut the mouths of lion on, lions on your behalf. And those men that... Uh, set him up were thrown in the lion's den and those lions tore him to pieces well, it was a safe place for Daniel became a place of I would say of judgment the king's judgment for them and so um um, he shut the mouths of the lions. And so it's so important for us to understand and realize that, you know, when we're serving God and when we're um, doing things that are pleasing and honorable in his sight and different things like that, and we're deciding to live an honorable life, it's not always going to be easy. We're not going to always face easy things. We're not going to always face easy tasks. But we, what we have to realize, recognize and know is, is that he's there with us in the midst of whatever it is that we may be facing and going through. So the attributes of a surrender life, honoring God um, in your life, doing things that are pleasing and honoring to him things that um are uh i will say that um make make him his presence known and visible in your life that lord god even though this is occurring i'm still going to choose to follow after your precepts and after your commandments um submitting to god um that's the second one submitting to god um and just let uh pretty much living a lifestyle that says lord god I don't on my own. I can't do it on my own. I don't have the answers, but I do believe, Lord God, that as I submit to your will and what it does, what it takes to require, I believe that you're going to provide me with exactly what, what it is that I need. Um, putting God first in your life. Um, I know I did that fourth, but uh, uh, fourth was putting God first. But third is seeking after God, seeking God uh, for just whatever it is that you need and seeking God on behalf of others because he was seeking God on behalf of King Nebuchadnezzar to be able to interpret the dream um, that he had. Um, 
And if you want to read the interpretation of the dream and what the dream was, then by all means, I encourage you to go read the book of Daniel. I um, mean, putting God first was the fourth thing, the attributes of a surrendered life. And I know that there are so many other things that I can probably add in there um, that include the attributes of a surrendered life. But I believe that um, I gave some of the main attributes, um, some of the main attributes of living a surrendered lifestyle, because I believe that it's so important for us to recognize and, and know that um, God sees your commitment to him. Um, God sees your commitment to him um, and he sees exactly what it is that you face in life and he's there to help you through whatever problems, whatever storms you may face and uh, may face, may face. Um, now I'm talking about faith. <laughs> Sometimes we do got to just have faith, have faith have faith and believe that he would do um, what he said he's going to do when he is who he says he is. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your many wonderful blessings. We thank you, Father God, for just um, being there for us, Father God. Lord God, you are the supplier of each and every one of our needs, Father God. Help us to live a surrendered life to you, Father God, um, and honoring and pleasing to you. And you are the great Father and there is none like you in all the earth. We bless you and we praise you. There is none greater than you. There is none beside you. Father God, we await your, you will await your arrival. We will Wait the arrival of our Savior and King and our Lord Jesus Christ. You are the great Father, and there is none like you in all the earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I pray that you will go forward and be blessed. Be blessed. Hello, everyone. This is Lynn Stacy with the Victoriously Anointed Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If it's been a blessing to you, remember to like, subscribe, and share the page. You can follow me at Lynn Stacy Studios on Instagram and Facebook.